There is a lot of pressure on Deion Sanders in Colorado in 2024. Are they boom or are they going to be a bust? You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Buffs. I am your host, Kevin Borber. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. We are also brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team for free and available wherever you feel free to get your podcast. Thank you guys for joining me today and making me your first listen. Joining me on the show is Locked On Big 12's host, Drake Toll. Jake, thank you for hopping on. And also, the voice of the party animals. So he's going to get a little rowdy. He might throw on a mink coat. You never know. But we're going to be talking about some college football, Drake. So let's relax the mink code. No hot sauce yep. on the head today. Um, we're going to be talking about Colorado. Are they boomer bust? And I, I'll, I'll, I'll explain why I think this is so or why it could be so. Yeah. You look at where they were last year or this past season, four and eight. And that was considered a success for the people who weren't expecting them to win the title, which, mm-hmm. believe it or not, was quite a few people. <laughs> um, and then you look ahead of year two and it's like, the Big 12 isn't as strong as the Pac-12 was last year. I think you could argue, or maybe you'd agree. And Colorado also improved their roster from what was maybe a glorified FCS roster with a few really good yeah. players on it. And now they have a legitimate Power 5 roster. So if they don't make a bowl game or if they aren't contending for the Big 12 title at the end of the season, which that's a big if, are they considered a bust? I think they could be. I don't think Colorado's a bust if they don't contend for the Big 12 title. I think Colorado could go 7-5 and five and still be a good football team by nature of what the Big 12 gives you next year. I am worried about anybody in this league winning double-digit games. The reason why, the parity in Big 12 play. The one team I point to that has maybe the easiest slate in the conference, and I've seen other national outlets put them in, in this conversation, is Utah. Utah has maybe the best roster. They're coming from two Pac-12 championships in the last three years. they got a coach who's been there for a gajillion years. They've got it built, set up. Their schedule's easy. I think it's a bust for them to not go to the Big 12 championship game because of what they have for them. For Colorado, I don't think you're a bust if you don't go to if you don't go to the Big 12 championship if you don't vie for the conference title if Colorado goes 7 and 5 that's okay because sure you've got a top 3 certainly top 5 quarterback in this conference and the most talented roster in the conference but we just saw what all that talent in year 1 got you dilapidated lines dilapidated front lines on both sides of the ball and you couldn't compete in the Pac 12 because of the trenches can Colorado overhaul that all in one offseason? I don't think the answer is no. It's very possible. And they've done that in the transfer portal. Will it click? That's what the question is now. And I wouldn't be shocked if it just doesn't click the way you want it to. It's so tough to build a cohesive line on either side. And to me, yeah, Shadur Sanders is an elite quarterback, but from Daniels at Kansas to a Cam Rising at Utah to what what could could Garrett Green of all people take a next step? How is KJ Jefferson an SEC transfer coming in? You know, I I just I think there are enough good quarterbacks in this conference, enough teams that have established records, a la a Utah or even an Oklahoma State, that it's going to be tough for Colorado to win a Big 12 title. And if they don't, I don't think this season's a bust. Okay, let's take it a step back. So we're talking Big 12 title. Let's just like tamper that down. That's like the best <laughs> scenario, yeah, I think, yeah. for Colorado is like it comes October, November. And they're they're kind of in the mix. It's like, oh, Colorado's one game out or two games out. That that'd be yeah. great for Colorado. I think yeah. that would legit would be a dream season too. for most people. 
But look at this roster. They improved the offensive line, which Might I, I mean, say more, but can I can I interject here in a second? Go ahead. Interject. You did oh, yeah. you said that last year's Pac 12 is better than better than the current Big 12. And I say that. Yeah. look, you there is a case to be made there for the amount of teams in the Pac 12 that spent at least some time in the top 25, Colorado mm-hmm. included. There are two of those teams at Utah and Arizona who were damn good last year and have Utah at least have been good over the course of the last five years that are now big 12 teams. So you didn't escape some of the the better brands in recent memory of of the Pac-12, too. So I think that carries some weight into this conversation as well. Right. I just don't want to desecrate the dead, Drake. Act well as no Don't want to. Uh, That's a conversation for me to push back on another time. <laughs> but here's the thing: we look at this Colorado roster. They improved in the trenches. Um, they really did. The, I think all of the guys that were playing last year. There's maybe on both sides of the ball, so we'll call it nine, ten guys. There's yeah. probably one or two guys that will start this year, and they're both on defense. Mm-hmm. And even then, they're probably going to be role players that are kind of rotational guys. So Colorado got these guys that they needed to start, and they got these guys that they needed to bolster these units so that they can compete. So let's take a step back. We're talking about Big 12 titles. Let's yeah. talk about just going to a bowl game because obviously Colorado – Four and eight this past year. The past two years, I think they won like five games combined um, before Coach Prime got there. If they come in at five and seven, and it's like, oh, we were we were talking playoff, Coach Prime. He was not me. You know, he he said playoff right. bound, which these days anyone could talk playoff realistically because you just got to get hot enough to yep. win your conference. But what if they don't make a bowl game? That's got to be considered a bust, right? Like what, somebody. What is- what is our so, like failure yeah. with Prime in Colorado? Somebody out there is going to say what you just said to get hot at the right time to make the college football playoff is asinine, but it's not. Look at what TCU did. I mean, that was the first year head coach TCU that made the playoff. We've seen some of these magical runs, and that was prior to a 12-team format where it's even easier to get in. Yeah. So I don't think it's out of the question for Colorado and Deion Sanders to be talking about as talking to his team about playoff runs. There are there is going to be someone in the country when we get to the 12 teams that are announced, you know, eight months from now, nine months from now, that you go, huh, I had no idea they were going to vibe for that. There, there's going to be a sneaky team. It could be Colorado. So for me, I mean, I say it could be Colorado as in it could be almost anybody, right? Anybody but Baylor in the Big 12 or Cincinnati, <laughs> right? Could could possibly run the table here. For Colorado, though, look at North Dakota State. You've got to win that game. That that's not that that's the toughest FCS game that you could schedule, right? That's the middle of the pack. You're scheduling a team that could probably win the Mac, right? So it's not that that's not a pushover. Then at Nebraska, at Colorado State. Both of those games are interesting because of what you saw last year. Nebraska and Matt Rule, they want revenge. Colorado State feels like it could have won that game against Colorado last season. And then Baylor. Of those first four games, all four, I I would lean Colorado um, outright. I think Vegas will likely give Nebraska the edge here. But I've got Colorado starting 4-0. I still Nebraska's got they've got to uproot their entire culture here. And Colorado has said, look, we don't culture. We're just going to invent and do whatever we want to do out here. I, I, yeah, like prime brought his Louis bags and they got even better. I, I have more confidence in Colorado than I do in Nebraska. So at four and oh, I just need two more wins out of the rest of the schedule at UCF is tough. Kansas State is tough. Arizona is tough. But Cincinnati's winnable. Um, having game having games at home against Oklahoma State. That's winnable. Who knows what Texas Tech is going to be? Can you scratch off two more wins for the schedules? The schedule's rough. Colorado did not get a fair shake in the Big 12 here. But if you don't, if you don't scratch off two more, if you don't go to a bowl game here, you're absolutely right. We start to look around and go, all right, Dion, you're fast talking. You got a lot of flash. Can you just start winning? 
Yeah. And I think the hard part too, is like, if he doesn't win with, cause this is the last run for both of his kids, Travis Hunter's going to go to the NFL. And it's like, yeah. everyone has questions about whether he's bought in for life after them being there. And it's like, if he doesn't like, say they go four and eight again, like this is worst yeah. case scenario. They start four. No, like you said, and then all of a sudden they just go boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, punch in the face eight straight times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, we were hoping for a jump, which mind you, I don't want people to jump on us in the comments. He has taken jumps every year. He's coached at Jackson state. They went four and three, 11 and two, then 12 and one. Obviously he has shown the ability to take that jump, but if they don't, um, I think it could be scary hours in Boulder. I do want to say one thing about their schedule before we move on. And you can totally correct me if I'm wrong. I think they won the first half of the schedule release. So like weeks one through five ish, we'll call it. So North Dakota state to UCF, Best case scenario, they're five and oh, okay. Um, maybe even three and two. And then as soon as they get past that bye week, October 5th, just repeatedly hit in the face with a frying pan. Like what on earth happened there? They get at, or they get Kansas state and Arizona back to back weeks. Those teams will probably both be top Mm -hmm. 15 or top 25 at worst by that point. Uh, then they get Cincinnati who, it reminds me of that Stanford game where it was like, okay, UCLA just punched you in the mouth. They're Here's the one you win, guys. Just go win. Yeah, and then they blow the 29-point lead, and then they get a bye week again. So it's like, okay, whoo, that three-week slate's over. And then it's like at Texas Tech, who Josh Pate made a really good point the other day. Texas Tech is one of those teams where you expect a lot from them. They fall on their face, and then they surprise you the next year yeah, because yeah. that's just how life works. And so you get them, and then Utah, who – realistically they should be hoisting the big 12 title trophy and then Kansas and Oklahoma state who are going to have a say in that. And so tough way to end the season. I think if they don't hit that six win threshold, it's going to be weird. Like I I don't think there's a better word for it because I think it's great for all the attention he's brought and great for all the hype he's brought, but his sons are leaving and Shador is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. If you can't win with a top, well at worst, we'll call him top 10 quarterback in college football at worst. Yeah, And you can't win with him, Travis Hunter playing both ways and improved line and all this new coordinators. What's like, what's stopping you? What is preventing this from happening? So there's a lot to know about the big 12 and we're going to talk about that. But first you guys need to know about our sponsors over at game time. Let me tell you about our sponsors, Drake, because, and when you're going to big events and we all go to them, we always want to get the best seats and realistically game time is the best place to do that. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now all you just get a hundred dollars off when you buy a big ticket game with the code Vegas 100 with killer last minute deals, all in prices views from your seat and the best price, best price guarantee, excuse me, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying your tickets with game time. Right now, all game time users get $100, $100 off a big game ticket with the code Vegas 100 terms apply. Just download the game time app and use code Vegas 100. That's V E G A S 100 for $100 off your big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, Guaranteed. That was a mouthful there, Drake. I was struggling, but here we are. <laughs> Welcome back to Locked On Buffs, the crossover episode with Locked On Big Twelve. We are talking about the new Big Twelve because obviously, Drake, you focus on yep. Big Twelve. You talk about it every single damn day of the week. Um, as I talk about Colorado Buffaloes every day, and we appreciate you guys for making us your first listens of the day. But Drake. What do we need to know about this new look Big 12? What is Colorado getting themselves into? Because obviously it's much different than how they left it. 
the one thing you need to know is that none of this will make sense. And that's beautiful if you're a Big 12 fan. This is going to be the most competitive league in the country top to bottom because a team like Arizona, who just lost Jed Fish, could vie for a conference title with Noah Fafita. They could finish top three in the Big 12. That wouldn't shock anybody. They could finish 10th in the conference. And I don't know if it would shock me because the culture change with a head coach leading the culture change of going to a new conference. Colorado could be a top five team in the Big 12 with the talent. It's the most talented roster in the league. Colorado could also finish in the bottom three of the Big 12 as they try to navigate the changing conference coming back to a conference they used to be in. Look at a a Cincinnati, a Baylor. Those two teams should be bad. I think both of those teams will be at the bottom end of this league. However, those are the teams most years. We pointed at TCU when Sonny Dykes got there and said, ah, they won't be great. There you go. They go to the college football playoff and win a game. Last year, Oklahoma State. Will they fire Mike Gundy? They lost to South Alabama. They go to the Big 12 championship game. They beat Texas A&M in a bowl game. For Colorado, what you got to know is that this league is nuts and you're going to get to see it. You've already talked about it. Kansas State, Big 12 champions next year. I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me. Arizona, ah, crazier things have happened. Texas Tech, Joey McGuire's building. Utah, Big 12 champions. That's my favorite right now. At Kansas, Colorado goes to Kansas. If Kansas won a Big 12 championship, they got a hell of a quarterback and Devin Neal coming back. And then Oklahoma State has a ton of production returning as well. Colorado has six of those, those six teams in its last seven games. So when I tell you, buckle up because things are nuts in this league, I, I don't, you don't have to just listen to those words. You're going to see it. And, and I wonder if teams like Colorado are ready because joining a new conference isn't something you can do easily overnight. Yeah, and I think we sometimes we see it when we join new conferences like Texas A&M. They left the Big 12, went to the SEC, and they were competing right away with their Big 12 guys. And then they started recruiting uh, SEC guys, if you will, and then they kind of fell off. And then it's like, okay, yeah. well, we were expecting to continue that success. And Colorado was once in the Big 12, if you guys didn't know, and they just never found their place in the Pac-12. So they were like that mm-hmm. awkward new kid at school who just never found his click. Yeah. Um, we come to the Big 12 now, and it's like, okay, who is the top dog? And I promise you, if you were in a room of these teams, at least five of the five of the programs would be like us, right? <laughs> You're talking about me. And they're probably right, by the way. Like I, there are five teams that have a legitimate case. Right. And it's like this new Big 12. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I think in this world of like conference realignment of super conferences, and we all know what's going to happen with the Big Ten and the ICC, we know that this conference is going to be pure chaos and it's going to be beautiful chaos. And I think yeah. what Colorado fans should hope for is consistency um, because if you aren't consistent in this big 12 as, as much as possible, it's easier said than done. Um, I think being consistent in the big 12 is about as consistent as like not stopping by Chipotle. Um, sometimes, sometimes the burrito bowl is just calling you and you have to go there. So you got to stay consistent. And if they can't stay consistent, it could get real ugly. What is something that Colorado fans should be worried about in this new big 12? Cause obviously it's like, okay, we escape USC. We escape, you would like Washington, Oregon, but Utah still there. Arizona still there. What's their yeah. biggest worry, Drake? I would worry before I worried about any individual team, because I, again, I wouldn't be shocked if Colorado lost on the road to UCF and then went on the road and beat a good Texas tech, Texas tech team in Lubbock or one at Kansas, because that's the nature of this league. What I would be more, what I would prepare myself for that's on the, the dower side of things is the Big 12 to continue to get a bad rap nationally and to fall behind nationally in comparison to the SEC and the Big 10. The reason being is parody is fun for all of us. 
I love watching a really good Kansas team play a really good Kansas State team or a really good Kansas team play a really good Colorado, and we don't know who's going to win. But at the end of the year, if we have four teams that finish nine and three and nobody wins double-digit games, then who matters on the national scale? If the Big 12 only gets one team, the automatic bid into the college football playoff, this league is even more overlooked than it already is. So if you've got this this nature of eating each other alive and everybody's kind of playing for that conference championship game because it's the only team that goes to the college football playoff, you are going to become irrelevant. You're going to be tossed to the wayside. My dream scenario is we have a couple of teams that sit at 10 and 2, a, a team at 11 and 1. We have three teams at double digit wins and then the conversation becomes tough. Ooh, do we let a couple more of these Big 12 teams into a 12 team playoff where there are seven teams, likely seven teams that get these at large bids who aren't conference champions? My thing about Colorado, be leery of as fun as this league is. And I have a blast watching it nationally. People don't really care about Kansas State and West Virginia playing two really good teams because neither are elite brands. And if we don't start crafting consistent elite brands, that's not going to be good for this conference. Yeah, I think Colorado realistically, because Deion Sanders is there, has a chance to be the brand. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Texas and Oklahoma leave, and it's like, okay, who's going to step up and be the face of the conference? And the best way to do that is to win games. I think you could be the social media face, which I, I, mm-hmm. I, I can guarantee you right now that there's going to be what's the Dan Lanning thing? Yeah, they're going to be fine for clicks or whatever. And like, I promise you, that's going to be a narrative again. But the Big Twelve was not stupid by adding Colorado with Coach Prime. They knew that he would bring eyes. They knew that he'd bring attention. The best way to kind of compete nationally and also be the face is to win games, and that's that's where Colorado needs to focus. Okay, Drake. Last Big Twelve related question before we talk about the best traditions in the Big Twelve, because I feel like we need some Big Twelve education yeah. in that respect. Um, what is the worst case scenario for Colorado in this new big 12? Cause obviously it's like a new life for them. If you will, everyone talked about how they did not fit in the pac 12. What if it just doesn't work out again in the big 12? Like what is, what does that, what does that look like to you? The worst case scenario for Colorado in the big 12 is actually something that has nothing to do with the big 12. And I, I'm a firm believer in starting hot. And that's not going to carry you across the finish line. A great example. BYU started hot this past season. Your first year in a new conference sets the tone for who you are going to be. For whether or not you're going to compete and have a dog mentality. There's no waiting to win. You're going to win now. For Colorado, that starts on August 31st against North Dakota State. And then continues on September 7th against Nebraska. I am more worried about the non-conference slate in Colorado starting hot. If you go two and two in your first four games, this season is already done for Colorado. At that point, if they finished five and seven, six and six, none of that mattered because it was just another mediocre year in Boulder and there was no hype to build on immediately. Last year, the reason the Dion train had so much momentum is because of early wins, early hype. If you can't manifest that, if you lose game one in North Dakota State or game two to Nebraska, that all goes away. That hype is done. What I most, what Colorado fans should be most leery of, should watch out for, is just winning those non-conference games. Because if you don't, this whole thing crashes before it even gets off the ground. Yeah, and you don't want to see the crash and burn. We all remember the crash and burn. It came in Oregon. It was the video was released, and Shiloh Sanders was yelling at the Oregon players that they were so small and they yeah. he was going to beat their you know what's. And all of a sudden, it's like forty two zero. Honestly, think Oregon could have hung triple digits if they were feeling mean, but they weren't. They were nice that day. Uh, Colorado needs to ride the momentum fast. The schedule, like we talked about earlier, 
sets up for them to kind of boom out of the out of the starting gates. They should they should be five and zero, four and one at worst. I would say. Obviously, it's not going to be easy. Like North Dakota State, like you mentioned, could probably come into the Big Twelve and get like fifth place if they wanted to. Honestly, they're just that good of a program. That's always gritty. That's always good. And so they have tough games. They should be battle tested, and it should help them for the rest of the year. Uh, the Big Twelve, what a beauty, what a mess. We love it. That's why we love college football, and that's why we love the Big Twelve. And we also love our sponsors over at FanDuel these days. We're always trying to get the best bets. And with the Super Bowl coming up, it's happy Super Bowl season to all who celebrate America from FanDuel to America's number one sports book. Um, if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets. I, my best Super Bowl day. I grab some pizza. I grab some wings. We bet on the Gatorade color. We bet on how long Reba is going to sing for. And then we just wait. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel has also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back to Locked on Buffs and the Locked on Big 12 crossover. We're talking all things Big 12, and the best way to learn about the Big 12 is to learn about their traditions. Drake, you are a Big 12 savant. You're a Big 12 product, if you will. Um, Baylor Baylor alum. Sorry? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) The Baylor Baylor Bears have hurt your feelings more than once over the past couple years. But let's talk about some of our favorite traditions that each team in the Big 12 does. Start us off with one. We'll each give like three or four, and we'll just talk about why they're funny and random and why we love them. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll I'll spout off a couple here to keep the attention of all the Locked On Big 12 fans. I I do have kind of a hierarchy of some of the best traditions in this conference. And from the Wabash Cannonball at Kansas State, which I think is so neat, to Rock Chalk Jayhawk at Kansas to something in Texas Tech that you'll get into. Maybe the maybe the one that gets you the most emotional, the most wow, the biggest wow moment in the Big 12 is West Virginia, Country Roads. When that plays and it's a sold out, when you're in Morgantown and it's sold out, you just beat Pitt or you want a big game and Country Roads comes on, that is an otherworldly experience in college football. I talked to Roger Sherman who said, look, man, I, he went across the country, 50 college football games this year and said that moment was spiritual being in Morgantown for Country Roads. And then I will give a, a little homage to Baylor University. They have the Baylor line where they allow Three to four thousand freshmen to run on the field and build a human tunnel pregame. Cool. I like. I got to run as a kid. I say kid. Like as a college kid, got to run on the field before the team came out when Baylor was a Sugar Bowl contender and played Georgia in 2019 in New Orleans. And that's just cool to share the field with your peers with the football team. It fires you up. Fires the team up. Um, it was that same night the Baylor played Jalen Hurts and C.D. Lamb in Waco, right? Those memories you get as a student to be on the field for that is special. And Borba, before we get too far into this, I need to tell you the worst one, and it's TCU. I like TCU more than I should as a Baylor grad. I'm a big TCU guy somehow, but yeah. Riff Ram Bazoo. Lickety lickety zoo zoo is the stupidest thing. Instead of three year old in front of a microphone and said, create our tradition. And the kid just mumbled. And that's what they use now. It is odd and gross. And if you ever go to a game at TCU, it kills all the momentum of the football team when the crowd starts scatting mid game. I honestly had a question. I was like, what do you just call me? Like, you just call me a yes. zoo? Like, like yes. what are we doing there? But okay, so let's talk traditions that I find obviously 
honorable mention, Ralphie the Buffalo. I think they had some yeah. issues with Ralphie this past season where she didn't like running. Um, mm-hmm. She just wasn't a fan of like sprinting down the field. So, me too. Yeah, me, me too. Ralphie, same. Cardio is not my fave. Um, I don't think anyone enjoys cardio. If you do, you're a sicko. Love it. Love it for you, though. Uh, but yeah, Ralphie running at full speed, I think, is an elite, elite tradition just because – in college football, there's just certain special things where it's like, does it make sense to have a wild like buffalo on the field with yeah. four student managers dressed as cowboys chasing after it? Probably not, but that's why it's great. That's why we exactly. love it. And then talk about not making sense. I had to address this one, and I think it's a fun one. I tried to find the reason it started. Couldn't find it. Uh, they There's little to no explanation. It's been going on since the 1980s. It is a Texas Tech tortilla toss. Uh, so yeah. it started off in what I read. They would throw drink lids onto the field for some reason just to mess with the other team. And so the stadium, this is what it said, stopped throwing tortilla, or they stopped giving them drink lids. And then the other reason I saw was, I forgot who it was, but they said the only thing is in Lubbock is Texas Tech and the tortilla factory. So they brought tortillas and they're just going to be dishing out flour, tortillas, corn, maybe whatever, wheat, spinach, whatever your tortilla preferences. And they're just going to be throwing tortillas on the field. And does it make sense? No. Is it the best thing ever? Probably. Um, Who doesn't love to throw things? And then also we go to our South Florida compadres and UCF bounce house. My, my good buddy, Sergio's from Miami. His girlfriend went to the UCF and he just says when everybody in that stadium is jumping and it's like, a legitimate bounce house. Like it feels like is the, is the constructural, um, it is structurally unsound. Yeah. Like is it constructively sound? Probably not, but this is the best thing ever that you're just jumping and you could feel the stadium moving. Yes. And that's what makes college football special. Drake, what is one tradition that you wish you could partake in? Um, like if they were like, okay, we need someone to run with Ralph. you like, we need someone yeah. to be the honorary tortilla tosser. Like what would you pick? I want to be the guy that gets to repaint the Y at BYU every Ooh. season because they always give it a fresh coat. I think there are some things like that where it's like, ah, how cool would it be to be in the student section at Kansas State during a basketball game doing the Wabash Cannonball after a big win or at Kansas Rock Chalk Jayhawk at Allen Fieldhouse uh, or yeah, or painting the Y at BYU. You think any tradition in Provo is awesome. One of the coolest places to watch a college football game. Uh, I've already gotten to be in the middle of a couple of the bounce house. Got to see it at about seven percent capacity and even then the press box was shaking uh, have gotten obviously to see the Baylor line and watched a lot of the unique traditions across across the Big 12 Riff Ram Bazu as well and, and there's just so much there is so much history across this league even in games you wouldn't expect like matchups and rivalries between Iowa State and Kansas State nationally we never talk about it but in this conference it's just awesome it creates some of the best moments that we get to share together that even if ESPN's not talking about it we are cuz it's just it's cool yeah it's what college football's about again i'll say that like 30 times but it honestly is cuz sometimes the biggest stories aren't always what's actually like it's not always Alabama, LSU, or Texas, yeah. Oklahoma. Sometimes yeah. it's like you said. And then also I wanted to bring light to the ones that maybe aren't the most exciting, but and like maybe they could revamp them with the new conference. Uh, Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati has what they call the catwalk, which essentially uh, is yeah. them walking down like a little street, um, which I mean, it's cool. I feel like every team yeah. does that. Um, Kansas, like you said, they have that rock chalk Jayhawk shenanigans going on iowa state has the victory bell um first one was installed in 1868 um cool i guess you know i just something about live animals something about uh, chaos kind of gets me going like the baylor line feels very dangerous i'm not gonna lie to you if you told me there are acls concussions yeah yeah, constantly 
yeah, that doesn't shock me. That's a lot of people to be mm-hmm. running. I'm sure there's some intoxication out there. It's <sighs> it's what it's what makes it special. But yeah. those are the traditions that we find special, and that's mm-hmm. what makes the Big Twelve special. Drake, before you go, I want one bold Big Twelve prediction just for anything. Um, preferably, no one getting injured uh, during the Baylor line, of course. Oh, my bold Big Twelve prediction as of today, February mid of early of February, whenever you're listening to this, <laughs> uh, Utah will will win the Big Twelve championship. Okay, and, and even I, those, yeah. Okay, ahead, sure, I'll say that. Yep, that's fine. I said it. I won't one. take it back. I said it. That's a good one. Okay, I'll give one Colorado related one for the, the sake of the show. I'm going to go Colorado is going to be in the Big 12 conversation deeper than people realize. I don't know what point that is because I think November. Yeah, we'll call it, Say November. it November. November. Colorado will be in the picture. Whether that means they're going to be in the title game. I don't know. Let's wait till we get there. But and then for a big Big 12 one as a whole, I honestly think it's going to be Utah. And if like if I had to pick right now who the two uh, conference contenders are. I want yeah. to go Utah, Arizona. Like Arizona's just talking. Mm. No Fafita's whispering in my ear. Um, Tatroa McMillan kind of whispering in my ear. And it's like, God, yeah. like, like what, what are we doing? You got a new coach. You lost your coach. Something about those two new Pac-12 programs. They're just speaking to me. And then also look out for UCF. I feel like Gus Malzahn is cooking something up down there in South Florida or in Orlando. Like excuse me. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to Locked on Buffs and Locked on Big 12. Thank you guys for making us the first listen of the day. Drake, thank you for joining always a pleasure make sure to tune in to the savannah bananas drake toll will be the voice of the party animals the party monsters the party animals the party everything in between they're going to be going crazy i saw backflip backflipping catches the worm um drake was thrown hot sauces being thrown on him for some reason who knows why but drake is going to be a busy guy so keep up with him and keep up with us at lockdown bus i appreciate you guys hope you guys have a great tuesday